Let's pray. This is how love comes and keeps coming still in all of the natural and supernatural ways that uh, the first Christmas gave us. All of the natural and supernatural ways that the first Christmas gave us. And so may we be listening to you today, God, in ways that are both very natural and supernatural. And it is in the name of the one who came as love, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you all say amen? Amen. You know what I love about the Christmas story is it is so full of the supernatural. I don't know if you guys have read it lately, but make sure you do this week. It is full of the supernatural. It is bookended with two angels coming to talk to people. Now, I don't know if you ever had an angel come to talk to you. Some of you have. Not yet. <laughs> but you're hoping, aren't you, Jeff? Nope. Yeah. And, uh, and yet, many of you have had angelic encounters um, in this very room. I know that Jess could tell you a story uh, about a time when actually God did something so supernatural it's scary to talk about while she was behind the wheel of a car. And ask her about it. There are others of us in the room that while we were praying Psalm 91, we actually sent an angelic visitor to the person we were praying for as we prayed that Psalm 91. Uh, if you read Billy Graham's book called Angels, you'll read of multiple accounts of angelic sightings. And my friends, um, if, if we are people of God, we it, we are going to go beyond just the beautiful nativity story as something that we can set up on our mantle at Christmas and realize this is one super natural story. And so you, can, you cannot get out of the Christmas story without going, oh my gosh, over 300 prophecies have been fulfilled in this story. Over 300 angelic sightings throughout the, the scripture but there are four just in the nativity story. It's fabulous. I mean, you've got Zechariah with an angel. You've got Mary with an angel. You've got Joseph when he wants to get out of Dodge getting an angel. And then, of course, those shepherd people out watching their flocks. They have one angel come and say, good news, and then the entire sky fills up with an angelic host. I was taken by this piece of art this week, I, and it's actually called Seeing Shepherds. Can you imagine being those dudes? Uh, you're the shepherd, and Jesus doesn't show up with angels in the palace, but with shepherds. So you might be in line for an angelic sighting coming your way. Because shepherds were the lowest of the low in that society, but it's fascinating that God chose the shepherds to see because it was those sheep that were used in the sacrificial system of that day where people were trying to get God to love them by killing lambs. And here's the heavenly host. Hey, ho, hey, ho. I mean, there's a hallelujah chorus like you have never heard going on here for shepherds. Because God was always about upsetting the current system. 
and saying, oh, I'll appear to who I want to. I'll show up in places that freak you out and make you say, why would God go there? Why didn't he show up for so-and-so? They're, they're really important. Well, this supernatural God, my friends, um, didn't just show up happenstance. If you read the story of Zechariah, Mary, and Joseph, these were people who were already seeking God. And I want to tell you, you will always find what you seek. It's such a good idea to seek the right things. You will always find what you seek. It may be years, because I don't know if you know, but in in Israel's history, it was 400 years since the last time they heard from God. Yeah, check out the history. 400 years. You think it's been a long time for you. (laughs) 400 years. The heavens were silent. And then all of a sudden, people who were seeking, they have this angelic encounter. And I have to tell you, you know, Scott and I say this to each other all the time. We've had one really powerful angelic encounter on behalf of another person. And we had one angelic encounter on behalf of ourselves as we were praying. And we always say to God, if you never do anything for us again, those two things have sealed the deal for us to know that supernatural didn't just happen then, it happens now. And I want to say to you all today, what is your seeking supernatural barometer looking like right now? Are you even asking? Are you even asking to have an encounter? I mean, it's scary. I'm just going to tell you that. In fact, in the over 300 times that these angels show up, they're always coming saying, fear not, because it'll scare you, right? It, it, will, it will put awe and reverence in you. And I have to tell you, friends, God wants you to live in the supernatural. The entire nativity story is about the supernatural coming to the natural, in babies, in birthing, in mangers. It's all about the supernatural coming in the natural. And you can't be a person of faith if you don't believe in the supernatural. You're going to have to throw the Bible out. Because it's full of it. There are so many divine encounters, and I believe they are here for one reason, to say to us, are you seeking Do you want to know God in ways that are beyond just a great nativity story and a nice mantelpiece, you know, beautifully carved Mary, Joseph, shepherds, and kings? Is there a desire in us to know God in ways that we can't know God in our own intellect, in our own efforts, but something that says God did that? And can I tell you, friends, I just wonder if the shepherds were out there. I don't know about you, but those dudes were lonely. People didn't hang out with shepherds. They were stinky. They, you know, and by the way, they probably were a little interesting because they worked the night shift because they had to keep out the wolves. So as they stood and protected sheep, they had to have nights where they looked up at the stars and said, who hung the stars? Who made the moon? And by the way, talk about supernatural. There was a supernatural star in this story too, not just angels, not just a virgin getting pregnant, not just God protecting a baby. 
from an evil king. God is all over this story in the supernatural. And so together, I just want to pray. And if you could just, in the silence of your own heart, talk to God about when the last time you said was, God, could you bring your supernatural to my natural that I might be a person who brings the good news, like shepherds and Mary and Joseph and Zechariah? God, would you allow me, this very human, natural, imperfect human being, just like a shepherd, to know you like angels, to know you like shepherds, to know you. And if you've never prayed a prayer like that, like you want to just skate out of this life without ever having experienced God in ways that are beyond your ability, just confess that to God and say, God, help me with my fear. I want to fear not. Angels we have heard Sweetly singing o'er the plain and the mountains every blind echoing their joy Claire's saying you find what you seek. I'm reminded of uh, God speaking actually to all of us and saying, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So we want to set our hearts, as Claire said, on seeking, seeking the supernatural, seeking God in every way possible. Um, how many, how many of you, this is like your favorite time of the year? How many, just true confession, raise your hand if you're a Christmaholic. Any Christmaholics out here, like you're the people that I might fall into this category, Christmaholism. Um, anyway, I, the other day I was putting up a Christmas tree at our house. Claire and I were going to downsize Christmas at our house, right? So we bought one of those little tinsel like Christmas trees. It's like, it looks, it's a pencil tree. They actually called it a pencil tree. We ordered it, came the next day, Amazon, nothing, no, no going out in the woods or anything like that anymore, not really earning it. Anyway, it came, we sat with it for a few days and 
Uh, I, you know, Claire and I on the same day looked at each other and said, you know, the grandkids, they need more than this. So Ian, Ian came over and he said, so you're putting up the everything now. All of a sudden you're not downsizing like you were planning. On. No, the grandkids, he just kind of rolled his eyes like, yeah, the grandkids. Yeah, you're a Chris Mahalik. Anyway, Luke chapter one, this beautiful scripture that we read earlier. I want to read it with you. Could we stand to read this encounter or part of the incarnation encounter that we celebrate this time of year. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, greetings, favored one. Everyone say favored one. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. Everyone say favor again. Favor. You have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and you will bear a son and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give Give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Everyone say, No end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be holy, he will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Let's read that together. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel departed. You can go ahead and be seated. Lord, we just ask that your word would come alive, become incarnate in our life. So grateful for Christmas, so grateful for the celebration of Jesus coming to earth for each one of us. Now, I want to talk to you just for a couple of minutes today about a couple of central themes that uh, kind of can get overlooked in all of the all of the conversations that happen around Christmas, all of the teachings that happen around Christmas, there's a couple of things uh, that kind of can fall to the background uh, if we miss, but they're such critical observations. So I want to talk to you about two powerful observations about a with God life that this portion of Scripture, the incarnation portion of Scripture, speaks to us about. The first one is that nothing, this, this statement that is made by the angel, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, a lot of us, we would say all things are possible with God, and that's a true statement, right? God could do anything. But this statement isn't all things are possible. This statement's a little bit different. The angel says nothing is impossible with God. Now, what you need to understand is it's been about 400 years Uh, Since the last time, it's called the the intertestament period of time. It's kind of that space between the Old Testament and the New Testament, 400 years, and it seems like God has gone silent. 
It seems like it's just been quiet on God's front. Have you ever had that in your life? Where it just seems like God is just gone absent. And perhaps that's now, perhaps it's been at another time in your life. Maybe, fortunately for you, you've never felt that way. But some of us have felt like, is God gone quiet? And I remember in Bible uh, school, when we started to talk about this intertestament time period, it always kind of troubled me because I thought, well, uh, I don't think that God, you know, yes, God does seem to go silent at times, and God, it does seem to go dark at times, but can God really ever not be up to something, even in the silence and the darkness and the quietness? And thus this statement, it's a profound statement by the angel, nothing is impossible with God. You know what this angel is literally saying to Mary and to us? That there is one thing that's impossible with God. And it's nothing. The one thing, I can hold it up for you. This is what's impossible for God. Nothing is impossible with God. There is always something going on. What the angel is saying to Mary and to us is there is always something going on. Whether it's silent or dark, God is always doing something about the things that concern you and me. See, denial is not evidence of delay. Like, delay doesn't mean you've been denied, does it? You've been delayed at times and then seeing God come through later, maybe not on your timetable. But what the angel is saying here is what is impossible for God? There is nothing that is impossible. It would be impossible for God to do nothing in your life. It would be impossible for God to do nothing in a situation like this. God shows up after around 400 years. See, you and I cannot pray and have nothing happen. We can't wait on God and have nothing happen. Something always happens. We can't fast and have nothing happen. You can't serve God and have nothing happen. You can't give God your life and resist sin and have nothing happen. You can't be generous and give and have nothing happen. God is always moving in our situation. Some of us today would say that we have situations or circumstances in life that would need God's intervention. Perhaps for you, it's financial or it's in your health or your family or marriage or your children or there's addictions you struggle with. Maybe it's concerning your parents or relationship you have. Maybe it's your career or your schooling or education. You have decisions that you're trying to make and you need clarity. You're dealing with fears or strongholds or stuckness in your life. I encourage you today that this statement by the angel was not just true for Mary, but so true for us that nothing is impossible for God in your life. Whatever concerns you, know this, that God is doing something. I love what Michael Phelps said. They asked him one time before he was getting ready to do, go for another gold medal in, a, in the Olympics. And they said, well, what do you think? What's your prediction? He said, I won't predict anything historic but nothing is impossible. Would that we would believe that and live into that kind of thinking when it comes to God in our lives. See, we may not get the thing we're after. We may not get everything we're after, but God will always do something because with God, nothing is impossible. That is great news, isn't it? Nothing is impossible in your life and mine. 
The second observation that we see here is this this phrase that comes up more in the book of Luke and more with Mary than it does in any other portion of Scripture. It shows up a lot. It's It's this term favor. The angel says that she's favored, tells her that she's favored a few different times. As Claire pointed out, says that she's favored in connection to don't be afraid, you're favored. In other words, God is with you. The with God life, when you give your life to God, God is with you and God assures favor in your life. See, Luke talks about favor more than anyone. Favors throughout the Bible. Moses, it says that Moses was favored. Esther, Queen Esther was favored, the scripture says. Samuel was favored. It says David was favored, walked in the favor of God, shows up consistently, but nobody talks about the favor of God like Luke talks about the favor of God. When we get to the book of Luke, Luke talks about the favor of God in Elizabeth's life, who's about to, this barren woman who's about to have John the Baptist as her child, says that favor shows up for the shepherds out in the field, that they experience the favor of God and that the favor of God would come to all people. That would include us. Favor is to you and to me. And then, of course, favor comes to Mary Now, what is this thing with favor? What does it mean? Does it mean that to experience the favor of God, that God loves you more than God loves somebody else? Does God have favorites? So he gives favor, more favor to certain people. Those are good questions, don't you think? Would it, what would it look like? Uh, what would it look like, for instance, if we fully embraced favor? Would there be this inequity or is God just wanting us to pay attention to the favor on our lives. Now, this word favor here is a Greek word. It's the word charis. It's used throughout the New Testament, but here specifically, it's interpreted as favor. Charis simply means grace, God's grace, God's goodness, God's goodwill, God's favor, God's gift in your life. That God wants to give gifts to you and to me. And in this encounter, what what the, the angel is saying is, God, you are highly favored, Mary. God wants to give you gifts, a gift in your life, goodness, goodwill, grace, favor. And what the angel is saying to all of us in this scripture is that God is not only for Mary, but God is for you, wants you to experience and me to experience the favor of God. See, the favor of God is transformational. It's empowering. It emboldens us. So it's a good question to have as we enter into Christmas is how do you do, how are you doing it looking for God's favor in your life? Claire and I, we were Christmas shopping uh, yesterday and uh, the day before, actually, and it's, we, don't, we don't do a ton of shopping, um, but, you know, Christmas is part of that rhythm for us, so we're out, and one of our grandsons wanted some LeBron tennis shoes, like a specific, I didn't know LeBron had so many different tennis shoes, like different numbers. I think he's on number, at least number 17, because we saw evidence of that. Well, I didn't even know what a LeBron tennis shoe looked like. I hate to say it. I mean, I, like when I, when I grew up, you know, it was Chuck Taylor. There was, and you guys already know who Chuck Taylor is probably, but that was it. You got Converse, 
Now, some of you know who Chuck Taylor is just because, like, it sells a lot, right? Still selling Chuck Taylors, but it's like he didn't get different numbers. I mean, when I was in, when I was in middle school, there was no Nike. I don't think there was such a thing. There was no animal like that. I mean, it's, that was an old Greek. Wasn't that a Greek god or something? Anyway... So we go to the store. We don't even know what we're looking for. He wants, he wants LeBron, certain number. He didn't want the, the newest ones. Fortunately, thank God for that because we'd have to remortgage the house on that. <laughs> so we're looking and we go into the store and they said, well, here, the, you know, these are the LeBrons. And there's like this shrine area for the LeBrons. And, you know, Claire and I, we're like so clueless. I mean, I'm not totally clueless when it comes to sports. I know who LeBron James is, and I, I get that. I just don't recognize his tennis shoes so much. But it's amazing. Now, you know, as the day was going on or the couple of days were going on, I started, we were going to different stores. I didn't realize that LeBron James' shoes were always around me. Like, they're, all, they're everywhere, right? They're there, except the ones you want. The, the, all the other ones are there. So we're walking around. Well, it's like now I started walking in stores like, well, there's the LeBron shoes. That's a LeBron shoe. That's a LeBron shoe. We even asked one shoe guy, one, one young guy in the shoe store. He's like, I don't, even know what, I don't even know who LeBron James is. I'm like, some help you are. You're in the shoe store. You work in the tennis shoe department, and you don't know what, who LeBron James is. Claire, at one point, because our grandson, we couldn't find the LeBrons we were looking for. At one point, so he, he likes also likes what, uh, Russell Westbrook. So uh, Claire says uh, to, to the attendant helping us, she says, well, uh, since you don't have the LeBron shoes, can we get a Russell Walker shoe? And I said, what is that, like a J.J. Walker shoe? I mean... And the, the lady, like, looks at her, I said, no, R- Russell Westbrook, she thinks it's Russell Walker, but Russell Walker, I don't think he has any shoes. No offense if you're Russell Walker, but we didn't find your shoes. Anyway, but this stuff is there, but if you don't pay attention to it, you just, you live around it all the time, and though, so it is with the favor of God. And we miss this incredible opportunity to bolster our faith. See, when I go and you go on a hunting expedition to pay attention to the favor of God in our lives, what it does is it invigorates our faith. It increases our faith. It brings confidence to us. It brings courage to us. That's what the angel is doing for Mary, for the, for the, the shepherds, and for Elizabeth. The angel is imparting courage and faith. Fear not. And the response to that is you need increased faith, Mary. You need increased courage for what you're about to encounter. You need an increase in God's favor in your life. So pay attention. You are highly favored. See, when we, when we go on these hunting expeditions for God's favor in our life, we recognize that there's these provisions that happen that are just beyond, I just go to work and get a paycheck. It's beyond that. It's chance meetings. It's promotions. Increases out of nowhere. Ease when you think you may have had difficulty. Conversations that come up out of nowhere that are shifting your destiny. You all of a sudden go to get on an airplane and they tell you you're in first class. That's favor, isn't it? You, you have these things that are happening. You think they're just coincidences, but they're not coincidences. You have divine connections. It's favor. Look at the person near you and just say, favor. Favor. 
favor. Claire and I experienced favor. We, talk, we were talking about it the last couple of days. We could go on and on about favor. Claire mentioned a while back we were speaking out in Colorado earlier this year, and um, Claire really wanted to go on a ski lift ride like because we were going to take a couple of extra days after we spoke at this kind of a, it was a fundraiser actually for a missions ministry. They asked us to come and, and anyway, basically what we said is we said, listen, we, we're going to come. We, we want to help. We want to make this affordable because they're like, well, how much will it cost for you to come? Anyway, we worked that out. It ended up, we were like, we were giving away the farm and we felt good about it. It was like a God thing. And then we get to the end and we're kind of looking at each other. We don't know where we're going because we got a few more days before we get back on a plane to come back here. And this person that's in the seminar comes up to us and says, hey, I heard that you wanted to, you wanted to go on a ski lift and we have a place in Telluride. I'd never heard of Telluride. Said it's right down the street from... Uh, from Ralph Lauren's house, one of his houses, you'll, you'll pass his house and you're going to stay in this place. And Claire and I looked at each other and thought, well, this sounds like a great ski lift. Anyway, it was a great, so we, 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 we go and spend a couple of days that they just blessed us. It's just favor. We don't know why we got it. We didn't ask for it. Somebody just said, here it is for you. Take it. And we spent a few days in a spot that we would never experience in our life. That's favor. Those kinds of things happen in your life and mine. Maybe not Telluride. Maybe not those exact kind of things, but they happen in our lives and there's reason for it. There is reason. It's not just so that you can say, oh, this happened. Another time, uh, Claire and our, we were with our kids years ago, and um, we, were, we were getting ready to, we were traveling out in uh, Southwest and in California, and our kids were really little. We're at the San Diego Zoo. We get a phone call that one of our best friends in the world had died, who lived in Pennsylvania. And the wife had called and she said, he's, he's, he's not alive anymore. So we knew that Claire needed to get back to be with her in Pennsylvania. And Claire goes to the airport and they put her in first class. It's like, does it really matter that you're in first class? Well, God seems to think so sometimes. We would never paid for first class. I mean, we, when we go to get a plane ticket, we say, where's the lowest class there is? I mean, that's what we want. We're low class. You understand, we spoke at another church uh, just a few months ago. We get to the end of it. We had kind of again said, look, you know, we're just coming. We believe that God has made a connection. We want to be here to serve you. We get to the end of it. And normally we have like a, like they'll say, well, how much is it for you to come? And we'll say, well, this is what we say, but we really don't mean it. Let's just, you know, whatever you can afford, really. And uh, anyway, we get to the end. And of course, when we say we really don't mean this is what it costs, they take that as, well, we won't pay you hardly anything. And that's fine. That's fine. We get to the end after that, and we feel really good about everything going on. And this couple comes up to us and gives us like four times what we would have gotten paid if we would have... If we would have gotten what we asked for. And they just said, God spoke to us to just give this to you. It's hard to even accept favor. Have you ever had that? Where it's like hard to accept favor. You, like God is so generous with you. 
And it's like, hey, you got to take this back. And you're feeling like, yo, you made a mistake. God, you didn't hear God. And then I tell Claire, yeah, obviously they did hear God. No. (laughs) Couple quick questions about this because it happens in our life, right? So what is this? Is this about God when he gives favor that God sits back and doles out like material possessions and prosperity and things like that for people? You know, does it mean that because we're talking about favor here today that when you walk out the door, we're going to have like a set of car keys for your new car when you go walk out the door? You better believe that's not what this means. That is definitely not what this means. What it is about is something far bigger. What is, what's happening for Mary and what happens for us is bigger than the item. But it's about us knowing that God is with us. God is in proximity. And at that moment, that is how God expresses nearness to us. That is how God expresses that he is for us, that God is with us. In the very details of your life and mine, God is communicating to Mary, communicating to you and me that God is not distant from us. Yeah. Then some of us naturally say, well, God doesn't have God, doesn't got a bigger fish to fry than like you getting to go on a ski lift in Telluride or those kinds of things. Doesn't God have bigger problems? There's huge problems in the world. Well, here's the problem with your premise. Your premise is that somehow God runs out of resources. The angel tells Mary that this is an infinite, eternal God. And you have an infinite and eternal God that shows favor and will never run out. And one of the ways that God convinces you and I that God can do something in those very difficult, massive macro situations is he meets us in our situations. Therefore, I can have faith that things like human trafficking can turn around in the world. That's a huge problem. I got to believe that God will show favor to every victim of human trafficking. He needs to show me that he cares about me, right? That's what happens. And your faith gets built. Your confidence gets built, and you rise to the level that God... So God, there's no mistake with the favor of God in your life. There's even a pattern to it if you pay attention to it. Claire and I could give you a pattern of the way that God shows favor in our lives. And just once you think you've got it figured out, God will surprise you again. But I want you to think about the communion service for just a moment. One of the most beautiful moments in our service... And I'll just bring this together with this. I want you to think about when a young, one of the most beautiful things to watch is a young family come up to take communion together. They come up, it's this moment of intimacy around the table. They're sharing love for one another. They're sharing faith. And I look at young parents and I think, you know, because I, I, I was a young parent, I remember. And I think about the mom and the dad, and I think about as they're like sharing communion and they're praying, they're putting their arms around. There's this powerful thing that's happening in that moment, right? It seems in some ways like a small moment that the parent is able to be just close and intimate with their child like that or children. But I know that as the mom and dad are there, that many times, a lot of them, if they don't do it at the table, maybe when they go back to their, ta- back to their chair, maybe when they go back to their home, 
they're thinking about bigger things for their children. See, they are thinking about their faith. But I know that young parents think about, what is my child's faith going to look like later? Who will my child marry? Who will they be around a table with someday? What can I do to help facilitate them living into the purpose they were created for? How do I help that happen? I know this is a little moment. I know this seems kind of insignificant in the grand scheme of things. I know an angel showing up and saying, you're favored, Mary. Doesn't seem like a real big thing. But God's got a bigger plan for Mary. And God has a bigger plan for you and your children And even though those small, intimate moments of favor in your life might seem insignificant in the whole scheme of things, it's all surrounding the purpose of God in your life. See, because God shows himself close to you. He gives us invitations with favor to fulfill his purpose in our life. Don't miss what Mary says. She's told that she has, she's highly favored and she responds this way. She says, and I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Now more literally, it would be, let it be unto me according to your purpose. God's word is God's purpose into your life and mine. So never underestimate the fact that nothing is impossible in your life with God. Nothing. And never underestimate the power of favor. And paying attention to favor builds courage and faith and a thirst and a hunger to live into the purpose of God for your life. Parents, just as much as you have this deep hope that your child will live fully into the purposes God has created them for, when you have these little moments with them, understand that the God of the universe enters into what seems to be our small lives with these momentary places of favor to say, you have a purpose, you have a reason. Now, you go live into that because I have a plan that's a lot bigger than the one that you're seeing right now. So, Father, right now I pray for my friends. First of all, I pray that we would all believe that nothing is the thing that is impossible when we're with you. That, God, every one of us, no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what the needs are, no matter what is the conversation in our mind, in the quietness of our life, you are aware of that and you are up to something. So we open ourselves to the activity of the Holy Spirit. We open ourselves to your movement in our lives. And God, I speak favor, favor over my friends, favor over each person here. I speak favor. I pray, God, for any person in here that isn't given their life to you, Lord, that they would open themselves up to you. They would begin receiving your favor 
by receiving the infinite, outlandish love provided for all of us. And let your favor pour forth in your people. Let it get just almost comical, God, that we will begin to look at each other and say, it's favor. That's more favor. Work powerfully in us and through us, oh God. And may it be done according to your word, according to your plan and purpose. In Jesus' name. Before we go, can we sing joy to the world? The Lord has come. Joy to the world. you guys.